While April of 2021 delivers a few mornings and a few evenings of lunar close encounters, as well as a meteor shower as we stay up later to get those dark skies. Welcome to Observing with Webb for April of 2021, where a high school astronomy teacher tells you what you're looking at, why it's so cool, and what you should check out later this month at night. All right, so April, we're going to look at some planets, some events, including the moon and a meteor shower, and then we'll move on to some constellations. All right, so you want to know what is up there in the sky that we can see in terms of planets. Well, first of all, we've got Mars. Mars is going to be in the southwest to the west. And all you have to do is sort of look in that direction and look about two-thirds of the way up the sky after sunset and find the non-twinkling reddish-orange dot. It's going to be brighter than everything around it. It'll be above Taurus in the beginning of the month, and then it'll keep moving upward, and it'll be above Orion toward the end of the month. And it sets around midnight in the west-northwest. So that's our sunset planet for the month, Mars. The other planets you're going to have to get up in the morning to check out, and those would be Saturn and Jupiter. So Saturn and Jupiter, there are two biggest gas giants in the solar system, and they're going to be visible in the southeast, pretty low, um, in the mornings. They're going to get higher every day. They're going to rise earlier every day. But all you have to do is look southeast in the morning, uh, pretty much after 5 a.m. in the beginning of the month, and after 3 a.m. by the end of the month. Jupiter is going to be the one on the left, and Saturn's going to be up and to the right about 15 degrees. Jupiter is brighter than Saturn and should be easier to find. So, in summary, if you're looking for planets, you're looking for Saturn and Jupiter in the mornings in the southeast, and you're looking for Mars in the evenings in the southwest. Let's take a look at the calendar for April of 2021. So as far as the moon goes, it starts off with a waning gibbous when it's mostly lit and rises later at night. Whereas on the 4th, we have the last quarter moon where it's visible from midnight into the morning. And then after the 4th, we get some morning crescents. You look east in the morning to find these until the 11th when we have a new moon. After the 11th until the 20th, we get some nice evening crescents that are in the west after sunset, and the first quarter moon is on the 20th. The evening gibbous is when it's mostly lit, and you can see it right after sunset. It's from the 21st to the 25th, with the full moon being on the 26th. Now, as far as when the moon encounters other celestial objects, we've got uh, two things going on. First off, we've got a nice close encounter from the 5th to the 7th. And that's when the Moon, Saturn, and Jupiter all hang out in the southeast around sunrise. So you have to get out there before sunrise in the southeast, look, look southeast, between, I'd say, 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time on these mornings. 
and um, <clears throat> a beautiful crescent moon will be passing by those two planets. On the 5th, the moon will be about 13 degrees to the right of Saturn, a little more than a fist width held at arm's length. Then on the 6th, the next morning, the moon will be just 4 degrees below Saturn, and then on the 7th, the crescent moon will be just 5 degrees below Jupiter. So essentially, on the 5th, it'll be a lineup of Jupiter, Saturn, Moon. On the 6th, the moon will have moved under Saturn, so if you have trouble finding Saturn, just look above, or sorry, yeah, look above the moon on the morning of the 6th. And then on the 7th, uh, the moon will have moved to be below Jupiter. So that's going to be pretty cool, very good for some camera work. And then 10 days later, we have another close encounter, but this time on the other side of the sky and the other side of the night. So from the 15th to the 17th, we have a nice close encounter between the moon, Mars, Pleiades, and Taurus. So here's what you do. Get out there between sunset and midnight, which is getting, <clears throat> sunset's getting later now. But you find the crescent moon in the west right next to Taurus with the Pleiades on the opposite side, and Mars will be far above. Now on the 16th, the moon moves closer to Mars, and it leaves Taurus and the Pleiades behind. Finally, on the 17th, the moon is just five degrees above Mars. Okay, so you've got Taurus and the Pleiades down below, Mars up top, and the moon kind of goes up through them from the 15th to the 17th. Now we've got one last event <clears throat> for the month, which is the 22nd. That is the Lyrid meteor shower. This is an annual shower, so it happens every year. And it's a decent meteor shower. I mean, I'm talking about it. Um, <clears throat> the thing is for 2021, it's a decent year, but more so if you're willing to get up in the morning to watch. So it's only about 10 to 20 meteors per hour, so it's not particularly huge, but it's not completely minor either. Um, we also have a moon that's past its first quarter in its gibbous phase, so it will get drowned out by the moonlight, but the moon will set around 4 in the morning. So if it were me, I would just get up early in the morning, but if I have a half hour at night, I'll go lay out on the hammock and see if I see any. You know, but if I'm dedicated, I'm going to go out <clears throat> in the morning. So look north in general in the morning before dawn, and you'll see that uh, hopefully some meteors coming from the constellation of Lyra the Harp. Uh, so you start seeing some of those summer constellations coming in. Now, the cool thing about this is that each meteor that you see <clears throat> is debris that is left over from a comet that went through our solar system, and we're crashing into it at over 100,000 miles per hour. And <clears throat> that crushes the atmosphere that the meteor hits, and that heats it up and it causes that big, bright flash. Now the shower is greatest on the 22nd, but you will see some on the 21st and the 23rd as well. So keep an eye out during that time. Just some quick advice, make sure you're finding a dark location away from any street lights or any kind of lights as best you can. I'd lie down in a reclining chair or something that insulates you from the ground. <clears throat> Check the weather to make sure the skies are clear before you 
put forth an effort, and also make sure you adapt your eyes to the dark by staying away from light sources or reading a red light, or sorry, use a red light if you need to look at a star chart or something. Okay? So, in summary, we've got the 5th to the 7th, we've got the Moon, Jupiter, and Saturn. From the 15th to the 17th, we've got Moon, Mars, Pleiades, and Taurus. And on the 22nd, the Lyrid Meteor Shower. And that brings us to constellations. So as always, I'd say use a sky map from skymaps.com. They do a wonderful job every month. Uh, but in general, I'd say if you're getting out there after dinner, uh, you can see Leo and also Orion with his winter companions. Leo is high in the south, almost straight above you. It's got a backward question mark with a right triangle to the left of the question mark. Also take a moment to get your last glimpse of Orion, Taurus, the Pleiades, Gemini, Auriga, and Canis Major off in the west. But let's say you're getting out there before bed. Um, 10 p.m., let's say, you've got the Big Dipper and Bootes up high. You've got, uh, well, let's, let's take a look at Leo. You, uh, let's say it's behind you, so you, turn, you find Leo, turn around and leave it behind you, you should be able to find the Big Dipper. Seven very bright stars that form a spoon shape. That's uh, the, the spoon, the cup of the spoon, I guess you call that, is up high and the handle is on the bottom. Now if you take the handle of the B Big Dipper, follow its curve to the next bright star you see about 30 degrees away, that is Arcturus. And you follow the arc to Arcturus. That's the brightest star in Bootes or Booties which looks like a kite. Now, you take that same curve that you just made, that arc, and follow it about another 20 degrees to speed on to Spica, the brightest star in Virgo. That's one of my favorite constellations since it reminds me of the Dickinson Mermaid. And then, let's say you get out there before work, nice and early in the morning. You can look straight up and find Lyra, Hercules, and the Hercules Cluster. So you get out there, you look pretty much straight above you, and just find the brightest star up there. You should notice a parallelogram attached to it. Now this is the brightest star, Vega, or the brightest star in Lyra and of the summer, um, and it's part of Lyra the Harp. Now next to that is a keystone-shaped constellation called Hercules. On the right side of the keystone, there's a small cluster of stars known as the Hercules Cluster. It's a collection of hundreds of stars on the outskirts of our galaxy. Now given how high it is in the sky right now, you might be able to catch its faint fuzziness with just your naked eye. But a set of binoculars or a small telescope will definitely help. Okay? So that is it for the month of April. Don't forget the uh, meteor shower and checking out those morning and evening close encounters. Don't forget that this podcast is found on my Podbean page, mrweb.podbean.com, also on Stitcher and iTunes. There's also a video version on my YouTube channel, MrWebPV, and I can also be found on Twitter and Instagram as at MrWebPV. Uh, I do stuff with the Peckway Valley Planetarium and its events and updates, well... 
are usually on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at PV Planetarium. So uh, with that, I'd like to wish you all very clear, dark skies for the month of April.